The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome back to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. It's Thursday, and I have a very special guest today. I've had an incredible moment in my life. Um, a couple months ago, I went on something called a holistic cruise, life-changing, and I heard this brilliant doctor speak. His name is Dr. Michael Clapper, and he is a very gifted clinician, an internationally recognized teacher, and a sought-after speaker on diet and health. Love that combo. He's been practicing medicine for over 40 years, so he knows his stuff. He's a leading educator in applied plant-based nutrition. We're going to hear all about that in integrative medicine. He's the author of a successful book on cholesterol-free nutrition and an upcoming title, which we're going to hear about hopefully today, and lots and lots of health videos, which he'll let you know how you can listen to them on his site. They're pretty life-changing. One of the things that I love about um, his bio is that he really believes that nutrition and lifestyle are essential for health, and I love that because it gives us back our power, and he works at a place, which I want to hear all about, it sounds like a pretty magical place, called True North Health Center in Santa Rosa, and he changes people's lives with this saying that says, health comes from healthy living. Welcome to the show, Dr. Clapper. Thank you so much. Thank you for the nice introduction, Sandra. Good to be with you. Well, I think what you have to say is so interesting and so important, and I think so many of us don't know about it, and I think that's the biggest thing with a radio show is to get the word out, and as you so well say, to give people the options to change their lives. So I'm curious about, first of all, True North. What is True North? You work there. What do you do there? Well, True North Health Center, as you said, is located in Santa Rosa, California. It's about an hour north of San Francisco. And it is a both an inpatient and outpatient facility. It's a it's a converted apartment complex. Basically, we have twenty apartments, so we can hold uh, forty inpatients. Although we're expanding, our inpatient census is now up to fifty. And uh, and people come and stay with us for anywhere from a weekend to weeks and weeks, months and months. We have long-time uh, patients uh, staying with us for, for months if they have very recalcitrant uh, health issues. And most people these days have illnesses induced by what's come known as the, the standard American diet or the Western diet. Or as my friend who just came back from from Asia said, uh, listen, uh, it's not the standard American diet anymore. Uh, every country that becomes affluent starts putting in lots of meat and dairy and processed foods into their diet. So he says, instead of calling it the SAD, standard American diet, you should call it the diet of affluence, whose initials are <laughs> DOA, which is, I think, appropriate. Uh, because seriously, a uh, <laughs> so, so you're saying like yeah. DOA, like dead on arrival? On arrival, yes, right. exactly. Cute. Right, exactly. And Very that's cute. what what the Western diet does. So at our uh, at our clinic, uh, people come in with the classic Western diseases: obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, hyper uh, <clears throat> uh, clogged arteries, uh, uh, inflammatory diseases of various types, joints, uh, colon, etc. And it's from what they're eating. And the American diet or the Western diets become toxic. And uh, we do just the opposite. We put them on a whole food, plant based diet. Uh, 
lots of uh, soups and salads and steamed vegetables and lentil stews and healthy bean burritos and and, and vegetable curries. It's a uh, you know it's a healthy, hearty, uh, flavorful food uh, program. Uh, but there's no animal products, no meat or dairy, and no refined products. We have no flour products, no uh, no breads, and uh, and we don't add any oils or salt or added sugars. And you run this healthy fuel mixture through the body day after day after day after day, and wonderful things happen. Uh, high blood pressure comes down, the obesity uh, fades away, the arteries, the clogged arteries open up, the diabetes clears out as the insulin receptors open up, uh, the inflammatory reactions uh, fade away, the joints stop hurting, the colon settles down. It's, it's quite remarkable if there was a pill uh, that did all these things. Uh, we'd be trillionaires, but it's the food. It's the food. It's the food. It's the food. And they say, "Oh, doctor, you're so wonderful." That had nothing to do with me. These do- these diseases were induced uh, by the uh, by our current uh, Western diet. And if you change to a, a whole food, plant based diet, they go away. And uh, it, it's a pretty logical kind of medicine. If you if you hit yourself in the head with uh, you know hit yourself in the thumb with a hammer uh, uh, day after day, it's going to get inflamed. You can just take ibuprofen every day, but it's not really fixing the problem. Stop hitting your thumb with a hammer. And the same thing is true with the, with these diseases. We hit ourselves in, in the body three times a day with, uh, with our meat and dairy and processed food-based diet. Well, if you stop doing that and go to a whole food plant-based diet, the body heals. It's a, it's a wonderful process to, uh, to help happen. And uh, so we have inpatients uh, here, and we have a big outpatient practice. People come from all over the area, San Francisco, Sacramento, but actually all over the world. We have patients come in uh, from from India and UK and Israel and uh, South South Africa, South America. So it's uh, quite a fascinating practice. You get to meet so many people. But they all have the similar type of diseases because they're eating a similar diet. And and our institution basically is, is, a, is an educational one. Uh, yes, we manage them and we taper down their medicines, hopefully get them off the medications. Uh, but the most important thing we do is teach them how to make this food at home. Uh, I, I tell the guests in, in our lectures, you know, the most important people on the staff here are not the doctors. Uh, it's the cooking instructors who show you how to, to make these lovely dishes at home so you can go home, make it yourself, keep these healthy changes happening. And so you won't have to come back here. <laughs> as, as much as we like seeing these patients, truth is we don't want to see them again. We want them to be so healthy that they won't need our services. And it's easy to do um, with uh, eating the diet that our bodies were really designed to, uh, to run on. It's amazing, and um, I think you're very humble because you say it's not you, it's the diet, but, I mean, you are spreading the word and you're letting people know about this. So it makes me wonder, how did we get here? Like, how are we in this situation? You went to medical school over 40 years ago. How come this is so, like, I come home and tell people about this, and it's still very foreign. It's, you know, people are listening saying, what? Are you kidding me? How could it be the food? No, 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 you have to, it has to be medicine. How did we get here, Dr. Clapper? Well, we have to take a look back through not too distant uh, economic, uh, agricultural, slash political history. Uh, this, the, what we call a, a healthy, balanced uh, diet of, uh, of, uh, of abundance really is an aberration. Uh, back in, throughout the history of our nation in the 1700s, 1800s, even through the, you know, the early 20th century, most people lived on farms. And uh, meat was a relative rarity. You, ate, you had pot roast on Sunday and fish on Friday, and that was about it. You, you mostly ate out of your garden. You ate big you know, cabbage stews and potato soups, and, and you sure didn't go killing your chickens every night for buffalo wings, that's for sure. You run out of chickens <laughs> pretty quickly doing that. And it was largely a plant-based diet with some meat. It was a relative rarity. But along comes World War II and all the, all the affluence that, that blossomed in our country in, in the decades, in the 40s, 50s, 60s. Uh, so people had lots of money. And American agriculture became mechanized and chemicalized and huge amounts of grains were produced that uh, it became economically profitable for uh, many people to, uh, 
uh, have the government subsidize the um, the grain and the corn and soybeans farmers to make cheap grains, to they can then pour down the gullets of cows and pigs and chickens, and and therefore make hamburgers available at a buck a piece and steak for for two dollars a pound. When the truth is, if, if without these subsidies um, to the agriculture industry, the the, the water uh, subsidized, uh, the agriculture industry don't have to clean up for the pollution they create. Those those costs are just externalized. So you get this artificially cheap, artificially inexpensive um, uh, meat uh, supply in huge abundance. And then you have the the powers that be get into the schools and into the uh, uh, into the public programs and say, oh, meat and dairy are essential. Every meal you got to have protein. Every meal got to have milk. Every meal, and and we say, okay, because because steak tastes good in your mouth, and and that was. Over, you know, 40, 50 years ago, when I was a boy in the 50s, you know, this thing was barely getting off the ground. We had the basic four food groups. But even then, you know, they were telling you to eat meat at every meal. And um, and so now several generations have grown up with this idea that you've got to have meat for every meal. You've got the milk of a cow is essential for good health, for calcium and all of that stuff. And it's become imprinted in everybody's um, brain, their DNA almost. And so you get these responses that your friend tells, oh, they scoff, oh, how can you say this? Our diet is, is bad. It's the best diet in the world. But when you really look at the... Uh, at who we've become, the tsunami of, of obesity and clogged arteries and high blood pressure and diabetes. And, and it, it amazes me that my medical colleagues, you know, they're, they're so good at diagnosing, you know, some genetic print, misprint on gene A21 and chromosome 14, that they can identify. Yeah. But they spend billions of dollars looking for the cause of obesity, the cause of type 2 diabetes, the cause of clogged arteries. It makes me want to stand, get the biggest soapbox I can find, go down to Washington and stand on it and yell as loud as I can. It's the food. It's what they're eating. The, 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 Ameri- the current diet, the current Western diet, sends a wave of saturated animal fat, denatured animal protein, uh, hydrogenated oils, refined uh, vegetable oils, sugars, all sorts of these chemicals, hour after hour, day after day, through our arteries and all our tissues. How can, how can we be surprised when the arteries get inflamed, the joints get inflamed, the arteries clog, the weight goes up? It's the food. Humans have never eaten like this before. Humans have lived on plant foods with or without a little bit of animal flesh since the beginning of time. We've never had a diet based on animal flesh like we do now. And the consequences are devastating, as you can see in people's individual lives, as well as the national level of health and the economy, which is straining trying to, uh, trying to deal with all these food-induced diseases. So... Uh, a, a one maneuver that would solve it all, adopt a plant-based diet, people get lean, their blood pressures come down, they get off their medicine, you can, you can start closing the hospitals a bit. You, know, you always need hospitals for accidents and things. But for these, this huge burden of, of chronic degenerative diseases induced by our diet, that would, would be reduced tremendously. We would have money to fix the roads and send kids to college and do something else besides pouring it down this rat hole of disease, trillions of dollars are spent on surgeries and intensive care units and medicines for what? So the person can go out and eat more cheeseburgers and more pizzas and make themselves more obese and sick. Uh, we've got to break that cycle. And, and the issue really is an educational one. Um, I'm practicing the highest form of medicine right now. It's talking to you because the science is solid. Uh, we know that, that, uh, an animal-based diet uh, causes disease. Plant-based diet reverses those diseases. The, it's in the medical literature. Now it's a matter of getting that word out to the public. And so you, Dr. Sandra, are practicing very important medicine here in, in helping to educate your listeners about these very, very important subjects. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just, I just want to throw it back to you that, you know, I, I met you. I was in a crowd of people. And um, I really applaud you um, and your colleagues who I met on that trip because I went up to you and I said, look, can I get you on the radio? And you didn't hesitate, and you said yes. And I think you've, you know, researching you, you've dedicated your life, and I have such admiration for that, to get the word out so people can live better lives and so we can save our environment. And I just think that what you have to say is so important. So let me go back in your life because you mm-hmm. did eat meat at some oh, point sure. in your life. <laughs> 
and you were you were a doctor at that point. Absolutely. So what happened? Well, they say you know they say once you if you don't know you don't know, but once you know they say once you look behind the curtain you you can't pretend you don't know what's behind the curtain. Right. And and that curtain got ripped down for me um, in nine, in the early nineteen eighties. Oh, you're right. I, I grew up eating the standard diet. I didn't much of my growing up on my uncle's dairy farm in northern Wisconsin. I, I've been milking cows since I was eight. Uh, I'm well familiar with uh, with where these uh, products come from. And uh, I was a standard guy, but I was getting the standard diseases. I, I was uh, overweight and had high blood pressure. And, uh, and my dad died of clogged arteries. I knew I was going to be laying on that operating table as soon. And a couple of things happened. One, is that I was uh, went back to get uh, my certification in anesthesiology. I was going to be an anesthesiologist. Mm-hmm. And I was on the cardiovascular anesthesia service at, um, at Vancouver General Hospital in Vancouver. And day after day, I'm putting people to sleep and watching surgeons open up their chest and open up their arteries and pulling this yellow gucky stuff out of their arteries called atherosclerosis that causes the heart attacks and strokes. And one day I'm watching a surgeon pull a particularly yellow slithery deposit out of an artery. And I, and I think to myself, boy, that stuff looks like chicken fat. And the little voice on my shoulder says, doctor, there's a good reason why it looks like chicken fat. It is chicken fat oh, and nice. cow fat and pig fat and the fat of every other slow animal that was walking past this man's table when he had a fork in his hand. You know, the, 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 the steady amount of fat and cholesterol he put through our arteries inflames them and, and lets, the, uh, lets the cholesterol stick to those inflamed artery walls. And as I said, my dad died of clogged arteries. I knew that striker saw was going, going up my breastbone soon. And I certainly didn't want that. And I had seen how fatty my patient's blood uh, is after they eat a cheeseburger. The, the blood turns... Yeah, a wave of fat goes through the bloodstream, and some folks you can see how it, it, it looks milky in the test tube. Wow! And uh, and people do that hour, you know, day after day. Bacon and eggs for breakfast, cheeseburgers for lunch, chicken for dinner. Every three four hours, this wave of fat and cholesterol and inflammatory substances damages their arteries and sets them up for this disease. So that got me thinking that mm, maybe I don't want to keep running that through my arteries, and. Um, and something else happened, if you, if you really want to know my story. Um, I had done, uh, I went to medical school at the University of Illinois College of Medicine in Chicago. And I spent uh, my last year there, I spent a lot of my Saturday nights in the trauma unit of big, bad old Cook County Hospital in Chicago. Wow. And I saw the worst of what human beings do to each other, the violence, the shotgun blasts, the machete wounds, the thirty-eight caliber Saturday night specials, all the things that violence does to people. And it shook me to my core. And I knew I wanted to get the violence out of my life. I wanted to become a man of peace, as, as trite as that may sound. I want to become a peaceful man inside and out. And so I began reading the works of Gandhi and the Indian saints and anyone who had something to teach me about being peaceful. And one night up in Vancouver, I was uh, pontificating to a friend of mine about wanting to become a man of peace. Uh, but I was doing it while polishing off a 16-ounce steak at the local keg and cleaver. And, uh, <laughs> and he looked at me with great compassion and said, that's very nice, doctor. That's very nice, Michael. But if you really want to become a man of peace and get the violence out of your life, you might want to start with that piece of animal flesh on your plate because in satisfying your desire for the taste of that muscle in your mouth, you are paying for the death of the animal and the next one in the assembly, in the assembly line there in the slaughterhouse. And uh, oh, immediately I got defensive and, uh, and all the rationalizations welled up and, man, oh, well, that's what they raised them for and the, the animal's dead yeah. already and all that. But before those words could come out of my lips, uh, the little voice on my shoulder said, you know, he's right. He's right. Yeah. Um, I, I am complicit in this animal's death. And they're magnificent animals. I grew up on a farm. I love cows and, and pigs, etc. And, I, and I, I am paying for their death. And, and, and at that point, if I was going to be in integrity and, and stop creating violence in this world, I couldn't do it with my knife and fork and with my wallet. And um, so that I couldn't even finish the dinner. And from that was the last piece of flesh that, that entered my, uh, that passed my lips. And uh, so I became a plant-eating fellow at that time. And um, from what I've seen in the operating room, I was glad that I did. And wonderful things happened. Uh, my 
a 20-pound spare tire of fat melted off my waist. My blood pressure had been 150-90, dropped down to 110-70. My cholesterol dropped down 40 points. And I felt great waking up in a nice, lean, light body every day. And, uh, and at that point, I knew I didn't want to be an anesthesiologist and spend my time putting people to sleep. Uh, I wanted to go back to general practice and help them wake up. And, oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I left the anesthesia. I had six months to go in my residency. I had paid my money for my board exams. My, my parents freaked out. But it, just was, <laughs> but it wasn't in truth for me to, to stay there and just be a cog and machine, bless all the anesthesiologists and surgeons that are doing their wonderful work. But I knew that was not my calling. I wanted to go back and not only help people change their diet, but, but do some teaching so I wouldn't have to see people with these terrible diseases. And that was in 1981, wow. and uh, I've been in uh, general practice ever since, and, and it's been wonderful. It's transformed my practice. The, the patients I used to hate seeing come through the door, the overweight guys with the high blood pressure and the diabetes and the clogged arteries and the inflamed joints, I, used to, I didn't know what to tell them. Oh, well, you should lose some weight, Joe, and, uh, and I'd fiddle with their insulin doses. Now I knew what to tell them. Stop running all day the meat and dairy through your diet. Uh, eat lots of old plant foods, lots of soups and salads and greens and lentil stews and all that. Take a walk every day. And amazing. They got leaner. Their blood pressures came down. I could stop their medications, get them off the insulin, get them off their blood pressure pills. Medicine became fun. I'm, I'm the happiest doctor I know because my, my patients get healthy right from my eyes. So you, what more could I ask? You really are the happiest doctor I've ever met. Uh, we have to take a short break, Dr. Clapper, but I want to come back and talk about what you call the scam of milk and about how the biggest, strongest animals on the planet do not eat meat because when I got back from the trip, people really came down on me and they were like, come on, Sandra, we were meant to eat this way. So I, I'm sure people listening have those kinds of questions. So we'll take a sure. short break. Short break, okay. excuse me. We'll be right back with Dr. Clapper on Straight okay. Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. 
To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back with the very passionate and very happy Dr. Clapper, which we, happiness is a factor here. We're going to talk about that. Before we go any further, Dr. Clapper, people are going to want to reach you. They're going to want to know more. How do they find you? What's your website? Give us information. You bet. Uh, they can check out my website, yeah, drclapper.com. It's all spelled out, uh, no spaces, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-L-A-P-E-R. Dot com one p and clapper so g o c t o r k l a p e r dot com and i remember uh, reading reading in your bio that you have a book coming out is that true i'm working on a book as soon as i can find some time in between patients and at three in the morning i'm um, starting <laughs> to sketch it out here and uh, people telling for years you got to write a book so it's starting to come together and we're working on a title uh, the healer's handbook or something we'll uh, we'll come up with something to make an interesting story as well as full of practical information on how people can I uh, can let their bodies heal so they'll stay out of the clutches of people like me. Uh, I would like uh, not to, I'd like to be retired and not uh, not because I'm at the end of my career because everybody's so healthy you don't need to see me. Uh, that, that'd be what I'm working for. So hopefully the book will help people do that. Wonderful. Well, when we get closer, we'll have you back and we'll let everyone okay. know about that book. And in the meanwhile, they should go to your website, which is www.drclapper.com, correct? Correct. With one P. Okay, so let's start light and then we'll get a little bit more heavy about this concept of, you know, I was, you know, I'm not Dr. Clapper. So my first meal with family members, I let them know, like I've always been pretty plant-based, well, for a while now, but I, you know, obviously after hearing you all speak, that was it for me and my husband. We came home, had a conversation with our kids and um, they were very keen. They understood the rationale as well. And there at the family dinner is comes the question, as I'm sure you've heard many times, they're all going to be questions you've heard many times, is, well, but we're mammals. We're supposed to eat meat, um, you know like what you're doing is wrong. It doesn't make sense. We're meant to eat meat, we're meant to drink milk, and we're meant to eat cheese. Talk to me, Dr. Clapper. Oh, my. Well, you know, that's how I felt. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that's certainly a widespread belief. But when you step back and give it just a half a bit of thought here, um, there really is no science behind really any of those statements here. Uh, And uh, our friends are friends with the creationist viewing aside here. Um, If you view the human animal as a result of a couple million years of of evolution on this planet, um, throughout those millions of years, we were were largely simian, arboreal creatures, basically spending all day like gorillas do today. They were eating grasses and leaves and fruits, etc. No primate eats animal flesh, with the exception, I know, chimpanzees every once in a while will kill something. But by no gorilla eats animal flesh, no baboon, no, um, no bonobo, no, no primate eats animal flesh. To say, we're mammals, we need to eat flesh, that's silly. And not only do no primates eat it, but when you think about it, most Americans, as I said, eat Westerners, uh, eat a Western diet, no matter where they are on the planet. As I said, they eat a piece of animal flesh nowadays three times a day, you know, egg McMuffin or bacon eggs at breakfast, cheeseburger for lunch, chicken for dinner. Good heavens. Not even mountain lions eat flesh three times a day. The, the tigers in the rainforest, official carnivores, don't eat flesh three times a day. They don't, they don't even every day. They, once a week if they can get it. And, and no, as I said, no, no gorilla eats flesh at all. And they sure don't feed their kids animal flesh three times a day like we do. How are people saying, well, we're mammals, it's natural? No, it's not. Okay, so they might and, say and, then you should have it once a week. Fair enough, maybe. Okay. But, but I've now, so I'm old enough, I've delivered 400 babies and I've watched a number of them who were born to vegan parents um, grow up into strong, tall, healthy, intelligent, bright vegan adults who married another vegan man. <laughs> They've had vegan kids and I've watched three generations of vegan kids grow up into strong, healthy, intelligent, bright adults free of diseases and they don't have meat cravings, they don't have any of this. This, this craving for meat is an acquired dependency that we create in infancy, at age six months of age, 
when the baby is still nursing at the breast or on the bottle, that jar of baby lamb, baby chicken, baby turkey is opened. And from that point on, animal flesh gets slathered on that infant's intestinal tract three times a day, all through infancy, childhood by age three, they're eating their happy meals. We introduce a flesh-based diet from infancy. And, and the body adapts to it, and the liver adapts, and the intestinal microbes adapt, and the intestinal wall adapts, and we become dependent upon it. And the genes in our body that would make carnitine and creatine and all these muscle-related nutrients, well, if, the, if those nutrients are coming in three times a day in the burgers and the chicken and all that stuff, it downregulates our own production of these things. And so we become dependent upon this stuff. But this is an acquired dependency. And those genes are still there. They can wake up. If you transition to a plant-based diet, it may take six months, 12 months, but you, you can wake those genes back up again. But to say that we need animal flesh and if I don't eat meat, I feel bad, that's because we have created this from this very abnormal uh, feeding pattern in, in infancy. Uh, no, no, no primate feeds their flesh, their children flesh from, from infancy like we're doing. And we didn't used to do this um, throughout history. Uh, it's only a, a recent phenomenon. And to think that we're, not, we're mammals, need to eat meat, well... Imagine, uh, without your tools, uh, if we're that natural, imagine jumping on the back of a buffalo and sinking your teeth into its backside. Now, what are you going to find? You're going to find your mouth is very small and your teeth are very short. <laughs> That's quite and you, can't, you can't bite through that animal's hide, let alone its muscle, right. to say that it's natural for us to be eating flesh. Um, you know, did we, you know, did we bite the occasional lizard? Yeah, maybe. And, um, and, do people have to be 100% vegan? Yeah, we can talk about that. But man, you shouldn't be eating an animal-based meal, an animal-based diet like we are now, where every meal is based around a piece of animal flesh. They're like zombies every five hours. Oh, I need more flesh. I need more flesh. <laughs> there's, there's nothing natural about that. And the hospitals are filled with the results. So it's not failure. healthy, not natural, no, no. and not Someone healthy. Else- you know, someone wanted to ask me, Doctor, I want to create a colon cancer. How do I do this? Well, pack your colon full of meat three times a day. We'll let that rub on your colon wall for 20 years. Watch what you set off there. These people eating these flesh-based diets are setting themselves up for an epidemic of heart attacks, strokes, autoimmune diseases, colon cancer, diabetes. A flesh-based diet is a diet of death, quite honestly, and a plant-based diet um, is a diet of life. Okay. And, uh, what so, about what about milk and cheese? Like, what is this what milk scam? You, I've heard See, you talk about. I mean, you know, you know that I, I'm asking you this question so that mm-hmm. other people who are listening are wondering about it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been raised on milk. Sure. What's what's the problem? Yeah, so I was too. I, as I said, I spent my summers in my uncle's dairy farm milking cows, and and I assumed it was natural and normal. And uh, no aspersions on the, on the folks working in the dairy industry are trying to do a good job. But when you think about it, in its actual scientific reality, cow's milk, the milk of a cow, is designed by nature to turn a 65-pound calf into a 700-pound cow as rapidly as possible. Mm-hmm. Cow's milk is baby calf growth fluid. That's wow. what this stuff is. Is mm. and everything in that white liquid, the hormones, the lipids, the protein, the sodium, the growth factors, insulin, IGF one, everything is there to blow that calf up into a great big cow where it wouldn't be there. And whether you pour it on your cereal as a liquid, whether you churn it into butter, whether you coagulate it into yogurt, whether you ferment it into cheese, whether you freeze it into ice cream. It's baby calf growth fluid. Wow. And not only does it, does it promote the growth of, uh, of tissues all over the body, and I think it plays a role in the obesity we're seeing, but this is the milk of a, of a large mammal that just had a baby. That's why she's given the milk. People are so connected from our, disconnected from our food source. Oh, cows in a dairy barn giving milk, that's what they do. No, they don't. There's only one reason these big mammals are lactating. They've been made pregnant. They carry their baby for nine months. They give birth to a 65-pound calf. The baby's taken away, and the milk sucked off. Well, that milk is full of estrogens. All mother's milk is full of estrogen. That, that, that cow's had a lot of estrogens in her body all the way through pregnancy. And now, thanks to modern dairying techniques, the, the cow is already pregnant with her next calf. So modern milk, at least in, in American dairies, is being sucked off large pregnant bovines. 
the estrogen content of this liquid is through the roof. Studies have shown uh, two glasses of milk and within 15 minutes your urine is pouring with estrone, progesterone, estradiol, estriol, these potent mammalian um, hormones, not the puny little phytoestrogens in soy. These are official mammalian estrogens. And, and the research is a concern. It has effect. I do. Why are all little girls going through puberty at age 8 to 9 and 10 these days? Could it have something to do with that river of milk and cheese and ice cream and yogurt they're pouring down their throats every day? Well, get, get your mammograms, ladies. Why do women in the West get all these breast lumps? It, it's not normal. It's not natural. Rural China, they don't, do, they don't have all the breast lumps yet. When they eat the American diet, they will. But, um, but they're eating estrogens. And there's a con- concern that it contributes to, to breast lumps in women. It makes the uterus response these estrogens. And, and women get extra heavy periods. They get these, uh, these uh, fibroids, these, these benign tumors called fibroids that make them bleed heavy. And they get anemia, need hysterectomies. There's suspicion that it's the estrogens and milk are playing a, a major role in that. And the, and, the, and, the, and the dairy protein, the casein, the lactalbumin, these are not friendly in the human body. Uh, I, they are major players, and there's studies to certainly back this up. My practice certainly does. Uh, they're, they're, these, uh, these proteins make asthma worse. They induce, as, they induce acne. The, um, the, the whey protein stimulates genes that makes the oil glands in the skin put on acid oil, and dairy is well associated with, with, with acne. Rheumatoid arthritis, uh, you pull the dairy out of these folks' uh, diet, and, um, and inflammation often subsides. Um, so between the, the fat and the growth factors and the, and the antigenic proteins in cow's milk, you got to step back and say, wait a minute, what are we consuming this for? Uh, we, we have no more biological need for the milk of a cow than we do the milk of a giraffe or the milk of a horse. Would you pour horse milk on your cereal? What's so special about cow milk? When, you know, milk is meant to be consumed by an infant as mother's breast, and after weaning, that's it. No other animal drinks milk as an adult. Yeah. This is something that we're doing. On, on every level, you can't really justify it. But ice cream tastes good and yogurt tastes good. They're full of sugar and full of fat. And people love sugar and fat on their tongue, and uh, there's a huge industry behind it, so it's promoted. But the truth is, uh, you can, everything that we in cow's milk, the protein, the calcium, etc., they're all available in plant foods. I mean, after all, cows don't drink milk. Where are they going to like calcium? It's, from, it's in the greens that they're eating, and, and, and humans can get their calcium out of, out of kale and chard and broccoli and all sorts of green vegetables. There, there, there's just no biological rationale for consuming cow's milk products. There's, no, uh, there's nothing. It's economics. But, uh, and nowadays, there's so many lovely vegetable-based milks, oat milk, rice milk, hemp milk, soy milk, so much else to put on your cereal. Uh, and, and so many uh, things about uh, cow's milk as far as its health concerns that I think we're better off. Uh, you know, we used to, uh, used to eat whale meat. And all. We don't do that anymore. Well, we, I think it was time to move past that as well. And I know I'm going to get all sorts of letters from the dairy folks, and I'm un-American and all that. But biologically, yeah, I know in my practice, so, uh, give me 100 kids with asthma, and you pull the dairy out of their diet, well, that's the end of the asthma in about 60 of them. It, it's, that, it's that profound. And the same thing with their skin and uh, the joint pain. So it's time we reevaluate it. We, we shouldn't be bound to our old sclerotic beliefs. That's the way we used to do it. But we used to do a lot of things, you know, and, uh, and uh, we, used to, uh, give, we used to use x-rays for acne in medicine. We used to irradiate people's thyroid glands for, for hyperthyroid. We used to do a lot of things. Well, it's time we looked at our diet and said, yeah, we used to do that, but not, not such a wise idea anymore. So uh, I'll take the scorn heaped upon me. But there, there's no biological rationale for, for consuming products from the milk of a cow. There just aren't. And people you know, try and take the risk, take the plunge, you know, do without it for a few weeks. See if, see if things don't feel a bit better in your body. That post-nasal drip, the sinus infection, all that stuff, when you stop slathering cow protein on the back of your throat, uh, see if uh, things don't get better, uh, you know, top to bottom in your respiratory tract as well. 
Um, so, so interesting. And I, I'm reminded of something that you like to say a lot, which is that um, you, you sort of, when you put food in your body, sometimes we think our body's not going to notice. I don't remember the exact expression you use. Yeah, your, body, your body is never not looking. That's right. So like you can't just like sneak it in. And okay. so I wonder if the digestive disorders, the colitis, the, all the digestive problems that people have. Uh, so do you feel these are related to the milk and the meat and all that stuff? Is, is why people are suffering so much. And if they remove the milk and they remove the meat, they will see an improvement, likely to see a digestive improvement? Oh, there's no, no question. And, and I get so frustrated with my medical colleagues. They, uh, uh, when they talk about these autoimmune diseases and colitis, oh, etiology unknown. We don't know the cause, but the smart guys in the labs are working on it. When they find out, uh, they'll let us know. But wait a minute. The, the body doesn't, the body's not capricious. It doesn't suddenly pull up with these inflammatory states and these inflamed colons. Uh, how can you say, and, and I, I asked my gastroenterology colleagues, doctor, do you really think that what the patient is eating has no effect on their, um, on the state of their, of their colon lining? Uh, do you think that if you're, if you're letting that patient eat fried chicken, hot coffee, beer, and chili dogs, uh, and they're smearing that on the colon lining, do you don't think in some people that that's going to get that colon pretty angry? And when they come into our clinic and we get them on, you know, for a few weeks, we get them on, on squash and, and sweet potatoes and, and, uh, and melon chunks and things that soothe the intestinal lining, the, the colitis goes away. And, of course, it's the food. And uh, how, how can you say not? And, um, and in so many of these, the clogged arteries, of course, it's the, it's the fat and the oxidizing agents running through those arteries that inflames them and makes them plaque up. Of course, it's the food. And now we can, and you can reverse it. Put them on a plant-based diet. The plaques melt away. The arteries open up. The angina goes away. And you, you can cancel their, their stents and their surgeries most often. So, of course, it's the food. And if people want to learn more about it, I recommend um, uh, books by uh, Dr. Neil Barnard, B-A-R-N-A-R-D, um, Dr. Joel Furman, F-U-H-R-M-A-N, uh, Dr. Um, Caldwell Esselstyn, you want to open up your arteries, read Dr. Esselstyn's book, E-S-S-E-L-S-T-Y-N. Um, the, the science is solid, and they're all saying the same thing. And plant-based diets reverse these diseases because the animal-based processed food diet causes these diseases. And if you change them uh, to, a, to a truly plant-based diet, a whole food one, not, not granola bars and energy drinks. We're talking about real salads and soups and steamed vegetables and lentil stews and things. Um, these diseases go away, and, um, and it's embarrassing that my, my profession is lagging so far behind. Doctors aren't taught anything about nutrition. They have contempt for the subject, and they don't want to give up their own lobster thermidor and filet mignon, so they're not going to be telling their patients to stop eating it. But the truth is the doctors are getting obese and sick, and the nurses are, and, and everyone, every, it's striking everyone who eats this kind of diet. And it's time we all... Face the face the truth that that is as, as uh, hedonistic as this diet is just shoveling in the meat and the fat and salt and sugar and all this uh, oh it tastes good tastes good but meanwhile look at what you're creating in your body and look at the tsunami of obesity and illness that has swept through our society isn't it time to say stop you know I don't care how good it tastes uh, it's time to, uh, to eat healthy foods. And the truth is you can make these plant-based meals delicious. And you, every cuisine under the book, you can make it Italian-style, Chinese, East Indian, Mexican. Have fun with the, with the cuisine. Have fun with the seasonings. It's, it's not a diet of deprivation. But it's, but it's the only difference between beef chili and bean chili. So what? You know, for that simple little change, it makes all the difference in the world. So I would invite people to, um, uh, to go to a, a website like pcrm.org, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine.org. So, uh, click on their 21-day vegetarian starter yes. uh, plan. And they'll just walk you through Day by day, they'll walk you right through it. It's easy to do. And start gradually or do it all at once. But get on with it. Stop, let's stop kidding ourselves that this diet is not uh, causing all these diseases. And it's so easily fixable. You know, it, it's low-tech. Uh, so it, it all changes when you're pushing that cart down the aisle of the supermarket. You can change your, everything in your life uh, from your health to your, for your, to your pocketbook by choosing whole plant foods and, and getting into that kind of dietary style. 
One of the things when I heard you speak that, you know, really spoke to me and I think will speak to other people is that, you know, there was this common attitude. I see it in my field all the time of we're all going to die anyways. What's the difference? You had a really fabulous answer about that. I want to get that from you. And then I want to go through some short snappers of foods and things, how they are and if they're good or not. So what, what, let me play that role. So doctor, we're going to die anyways. I could be hit by a car. What's the difference? Why Mm -hmm. should I care? Yeah, <laughs> good reason. Uh, people have this cavalier attitude, like, oh, I got to die, so I might as well. I'll just get my heart attack and die. Mm, no. Nature <laughs> has other plots in mind for you. I've been a doc 40 years, I'll tell you. One of the worst things in medicine is to get a big old stroke and not die and spend your last 30 years in a wheelchair drooling with some pretty nurse wiping your backside because you can't reach back there, that's what's waiting for you. To get a, you get a heart, big old heart attack, and, and it doesn't kill you, but it, it demolishes three-quarters of your heart muscles, so you can't walk up a flight of stairs without gasping. You can't walk outside without, without oxygen, and your legs are so swollen up. Um, but you got to die of something. You're gonna, and you get a bad autoimmune disease. You spend the rest of your life on prednisone with swollen joints and osteoporosis and trips to the doctor. You don't want to spend your, your senior years going from the endocrinologist to the surgeon to the internist to the cardiologist and, and being a professional patient. That's what wakes these folks who say, oh, you got to die sometime. Yeah, but it's what happens uh, in the last 30, 40 years of yeah. your life on this earth uh, and the misery you spend it in. So a uh, cavalier attitude is not uh, a, a good strategy, to say the least. I love that. I love you saying that. So with our remaining time, I'd like to know from you, good, bad, the following things and why, in briefly if possible, fish, seafood, good or bad? Um, bad. Why? Uh, the- well, the, the, we've been using the oceans as a sewer. The fish these days are filled with mercury and pesticides, and uh, they're foul things to even consider eating. Plus, we are strip mining the oceans. We are clear-cutting the oceans with these huge miles-long drift nets, and we're just scooping all the life out of the oceans. We are devastating the, these precious commodities for our children, our grandchildren, for what? Uh, for some omega-3 oils that you can get out of uh, get at the health food store made from algae. There, there's no rationale for it. Um, and as I said, it's fully, where are you going to eat your mercury? Well, get it from your fish. But that's a toxic, toxin substance. I really urge people to stop eating fish. Nothing healthy about it. If, um, if people, I want to be a vegan, all right, have a can of sardines once a week, twice a week. Fair enough. If you're going to eat fish, it should be the small ones that don't collect the toxins and don't live that long. All right, fair enough. Vegan, schmegan. But, uh, but hold it to a can of sardines once or twice a week. But don't be eating salmon or, and think you're doing something good for yourself. The amount of pesticides and, and, uh, and herbicides that have uh, estrogenic qualities to it along with mercury are getting to be astronomic in salmon and these, these big predator fishes. So um, I would say as far as the fish, let them off the hook. Oh, well said. Okay. You mentioned, I'm running out of time, you mentioned refined foods and flour. What's wrong with flour? Um, I'm a big fan of, of healthy whole grains, quinoa and millet and buckwheat. That's fine. But when you grind these grains into powder called flour, it changes their properties. Sugar, The sugar, the starch leaps into your bloodstream. Blood sugars go up. Insulin levels go up. Um, it's no longer a whole grain. And uh, and uh, they wind up stripping out a lot of the nutrients uh, that were in the whole grains. It's kind of a kind of a junky food. You know, some of these hearty dark breads a couple times a week, a couple slices, it's okay. But as far as the white bread and the hamburger buns, and, and, the, and the white flour pastas and all that stuff. I'd rather you pour your spaghetti sauce over a big heap of quinoa or, or barley or something like that. So I'm a whole grain fan rather than flour products. They're processed food. So what about yeah. baking as sweets? Not much so, baking. Um, same to all that stuff. Yeah, um, it's time to start thinking about leaving that behind. The... Um, um, if you want something sweet, have a mango, have some berries with rice milk over it, move into fruits if you want something sweet. But, uh, but bake good pastries like that. They're just, just, just sugar and oil and, and, and eggs and milk is all they really are. And none of those four things are healthy. They raise your blood sugar. They hurt your arteries. There's nothing healthy about eating that. That's another one of those foods, the kids' stuff that we used to eat. Time to leave that behind. Eat real food for, for your sweet stuff. Have, have a mango, much better than a donut. Two quickies, and we'll let people know how to reach you again. Oil and things like I, 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 
ibuprofen. I remember you talking right. about that. Yeah. What's wrong with yeah. oil? They told right. us oil was good for us. Yeah, no, the oil companies are telling you that. <laughs> uh, but, but the reality is, I mean, fats, um, fats are not evil, but get it out of olives and coconuts and avocados and walnuts. Get it out of whole foods, not out of a bottle. When you eat a whole a piece of coconut or a walnut, the micro droplets of oil get into the bloodstream slowly over hours. They don't cause a problem. But you pour liquid oil on your food, that fat leaps into your bloodstream. The oil coats your red blood cells, little film of oil around your red cells make them stick together. The blood gets more viscous after eating oil. Viscous blood is harder to push to the arteries. There's sludging of, of, in your capillary beds of red cells that are trying to deliver oxygen, delivers, decreases oxygen delivery. And oils make the arteries stiffer if you take the time to look in the literature. There's, uh, olive oil is not heart healthy. and makes the, makes the arteries stiffer. The Mediterranean diet is, is healthy because it's a plant. It's largely a vegetarian diet. It's not the olive oil. It's the vegetables in it. So, oil, so refined oils are liquid fat in a bottle. They're the white sugar of the fat world. Uh, I urge people to... Uh, you can make salad dressings in the blender uh, with some vegetables and a little, uh, couple of walnuts and a piece of an orange. You don't need oil to uh, either make salad dressings. And you can stir-fry your vegetables in anything that's wet, uh, vegetable broths and last night's vegetable soup. You don't need to stir your fry your vegetables in oil either. And when you stop using oils, the food takes so much lighter and better. So um, so oils is another one to think about leaving behind. There's nothing magic about them. They're, they're, um, they're junk food, basically. They're liquid fat in a bottle. And the aspirins. Yeah, and the, the ibuprofen, right. Um, the occasional use is okay, but chronic use is not good. Um, uh, the ibuprofen, these non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, they injure the gut lining. They cause the so-called leaky gut syndrome where, where molecules of food proteins and bacterial pro- breakdown products uh, start leaking out the bloodstream and flowing through your joint membranes and setting off autoimmune diseases. Uh, you know, the occasional one for a headache occasionally is fine. But if you've got a chronic condition that's making you take these anti-inflammatories chronically, first of all, Make sure it start with a plant-based diet. That's probably what's keeping those joints inflamed and keep making you get those headaches. Go on a plant-based diet, and you probably won't need the ibuprofen because you've gotten the cause uh, that that's uh, that, that's driving the uh, painful state. So um, so change a plant-based diet, and if the pain is still there. Um, use either a Tylenol or the occasional aspirin, or there's a uh, there's a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory called relafen, mubitone. But don't be using these non-steroidal anti-inflammatories chronically. They're hard on the kidneys. They're hard on the gut lining. Uh, occasional use only, but preferably not at all. Dr. Clapper, your dedication to spreading the word is nothing short of amazing. Uh, you are really what I call someone who's walking the walk, and it's quite clear we're going to have to try to get you back. There's so much more to talk about. Um, I want to thank you so much for all that you do and your 40 years and continuing in this profession to help people live their very best lives. Uh, once again, how do people find you? Yes, uh, if they go to my website, uh, www.drclapper.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-L-A-P-E-R, one P in Clapper.com, uh, all this information is there and uh, links to all everybody else's good websites to help people get into a truly healthy diet and lifestyle so they stay out of the clutches of people like me. Well, you're a happy guy, and I can understand 100% the meaning of your life, how much happiness it gives you. So thank you for sharing on Straight Talk, and I hope to have you back here again. Same here. Thank you so much, and thanks for spreading this word. You're doing the, you're in such a pivotal point doing such important work. I, I really wish you the greatest of success. Together, we'll, we'll make this a happier, healthier world. Thank oh, you that, so much. That makes me so happy. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.